Welcome to Serenity is Addictive, where we explore the benefits of 12-step spirituality in depth. Let's get ready to dive in deep into this next episode. Today, we're going to focus on an introduction to the 12 steps and a brief history on the 12 steps. For people who are history buffs or want to understand more, I'm going to give some some references. The 12 steps, the mothership, comes from Alcoholics Anonymous. That's how we were given the 12 steps. Um... And the history there is very interesting uh, about how that developed. It happened a few different ways for Bill Wilson, who's known as the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. The co-founder was Dr. Bob Smith. The story of how that came to be is, is quite interesting. If you read the book, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and you read the doctor's opinion and Bill's story, you get a lot of the history that way. Also, um, throughout the personal stories in the back of the book, you know, when you read Dr. Bob's story, you'll get more of the history. But there are some specific books for the history if you want to know how the 12 Steps came to be. Um, there's a book called Alcoholics Anonymous Comes of Age. It's an older book. There is Dr. Bob and the Good Old Timers. Um, there's The Language of the Heart. And there's others you can Google for the detailed history. The best thing, the easiest to get the good basics, um, there were two gentlemen named Joe and Charlie who I believe have both passed. Um, but they were longtime members of Alcoholics Anonymous and they've studied the big book together for quite some time and love to share their their knowledge or their experience Um you know, they clearly said they weren't gurus, and it's important for me to say that as well. Um, I'm sharing my experience. I'm a spiritual seeker, um, and the 12-step spirituality and other forms of spirituality and teachings and methods and ways have benefited me greatly, and so I want to also share. And um, But Joe and Charlie... Um, their teachings can be found if you Google them. Joe and Charlie Talks, you can find free recordings where they go through the entire big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. But in the beginning, they talk about the history and they do a really good job. So if you want a, <laughs> a quick and dirty, that's probably a good place to go. Um, you can find the transcript of their talks. So you can look at it that way or you can actually listen to their talks um, on Spotify. You can find them for free. You can find them for free on YouTube, I believe, um, or just typing them in Google or some other search engine and you'll, they're, they're kind of all over the place, meaning there are many different places offers them for free. You can just download them uh, and listen to them and they're fantastic, very fantastic. And if you're not an alcoholic or a drug addict and let's say you're suffering from a divorce and you want to use the 12 steps to kind of process that grief or an illness or you know, so many different ways is the beauty of, of the 12 steps can be used for anything. We'll be covering that when we talk about step one. Um, so I don't want to jump ahead. But needless to say, um, it's just great. They can be used in so many diverse ways. There's so many different 12-step programs that initiated from 
Alcoholics Anonymous. And when you get into the history, you'll see that parts of Alcoholics Anonymous started from uh, the Oxford Group, which was a Christian organization. And they had six steps back then. And those six steps were used before they came up with the 12 steps in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, there's a story, I think it's 262 or 263 in the big book, Personal Stories, uh, edition four, where you can see those six steps and you can hear some information on, a, on another person who was sponsored by Dr. Bob and talking about what they need to do. And if you want to research the history of the Oxford group, you can research them as well. Joe and Charlie get into it. One thing that, um, you know, AA learned a lot of lessons from them. They were political, the Oxford group, and they were very interested in outside issues and they kind of wanted to save the world. And so it's really beautiful to see how AA said, you know what, let's focus on our primary purpose on the one hand. You can read the traditions 12 and 12, which you can also find for free as a PDF. You can find the big book free as a PDF. You can go to AA, um, I think it's AA.org, but type in AA in their central office. They have uh, recordings of the big book, recordings of free recordings of the big book, free recordings of the 12 and 12, which are the 12 steps and 12 traditions, and dig in. And if, as I mentioned, if you're not an alcoholic, in my opinion, I have a very open mind. I'm very creative. Um, so for me, it's not hard to read the text. And let's say I didn't have a problem with drinking and just substitute whatever it happens to be. Let's say it was greed that I felt I was having powerlessness over or... Um, you know, making success an idol or overworking or, you know, anorexia or overeating or uh, fear or toxic shame. You know, for me, I could read their literature and when it says drinking, I can change that to one of those things I just mentioned, uh, if that was bothering me. Um, the other thing I've heard in meetings that I, that I find really helpful for myself is if you take, if you're not an alcoholic and you read the big book or the 12 and 12, and every time it says drinking, substitute the word thinking or disease thinking. And it kind of works. It, it kind of shows me my thinking is, can be really twisted. And, um, you know, I'm in, ever in need of a good attitude adjustment. And, you know, the steps help us find that power, that new experience, that new way of living that gives us more progressive happiness joy and freedom. So yeah, interesting stuff there. Um, as I mentioned, I'm not going to get into, you know, so much of, of the, the material. Uh, we'll cover a, f a few things from the Joe and Charlie book that I think are interesting, but it's not all encompassing. Listening to their talk, they do, a, you know, a much longer version of it. But, you know, needless to say, um, if you look at the big book paragraph, uh, X V paragraph four, it said the spark that was to flare into the first AA group was struck in Akron, Ohio in June, 1935 during a talk between a New York stockbroker and an Akron physician. And so that New York stockbroker who was really more a speculator was Bill Wilson. And, um, the Akron physician was Dr. Bob Smith. And um, on the same paragraph, the same section says, six months earlier, the broker had been relieved of his drink obsession 
by a sudden spiritual experience following a meeting with an alcoholic friend who had been in contact with the Oxford groups of that day. And that alcoholic friend was a guy named Ebby, Ebby Thatcher, who, um, you know, came to meet Bill Wilson and shared with him that he has had a spiritual experience and Ebby was a, you know, <laughs> a really bad drunk similar to Bill. And when Bill offered him a drink, he didn't take it. And he was like, well, what the hell is this? You know? And, um, you know, that kind of led to, um, an open mind or it was, a sometimes they call it a God shot, you know, that kind of hit Bill and Bill had been suffering. I mean, if you read Bill's story in AA, it's beautiful to just see the progression of what this disease of addiction did to him. Um, you know, so Ebby said to Bill, people like you and I have become absolutely powerless over alcohol. And if we're going to have to recover from that condition, we're going to have to have the aid of a power greater than human power. So he said that he had been attending groups, you know, a group called the Oxford Group, and that that uh, Bill could have a spiritual experience and that he had a spiritual experience and that during that spiritual experience, he found a power that he didn't have and that Bill could find that power and also recover from alcoholism or the addiction to alcoholism. Uh, he said that they gave him a practical program of action to follow. So back then it was six steps. Um, and eventually they became 12 steps. Um, the Oxford group guaranteed Ebby that if he followed the program of action, number one, he would have a spiritual experience. Number two, he would find a power. And number three, he would be able to recover. Um, so this was, you know, mind-altering to Bill. And it took Bill a little time. He, he didn't welcome this news right away. He was very skeptical initially. Um, so this made a great impression on Bill Wilson by Ebby. And when Ebby told him of the solution, the vital spiritual experience, he told him of the practical program of action uh, to have that spiritual experience. So it's a program of action, not fantasy, <laughs> not theology, not uh, philosophy. And matter of fact, sometimes those things can cause uh, addicts or people in 12-step quite a bit of problem. It's easy to talk about this stuff. I'm talking about it with you. If I don't live it, I don't, I don't really get to experience it. And it's kind of beautiful that it's that way because it forces me to live it. There's a line when you go to meetings that says, keep coming back. It works if you work it. Work it, you're worth it. And I remember hearing a talk where someone said that's one of the most powerful lines because it reminds us to get into action. The more we work it, the more it will work. Uh, the less we work it, the less it will work or it will stop working, um, which is interesting as well. So Dr. Silkworth said to Bill, I don't believe alcoholism is a matter of willpower. I do not believe it's a matter of moral character. That was revolutionary. And I don't think sin has got anything to do with it. Now, that's something a little different than the Oxford groups, because I believe they did talk about sin. It was very from a Christian perspective. But here's the doctor saying, I don't think it has anything to do with sin. I don't think it has anything to do with moral character. I don't think it has anything to do with willpower. Dr. Silkworth said to Bill, I believe people like you are suffering from an illness. 
And he said, it seems to be a very peculiar illness. And it's a twofold illness of the body as well as an illness of the mind. And that's powerful. I've heard people say threefold illness. And I kind of like using that for myself. Um, What's the other component there? A spiritual malady. So something's off in my spirituality. I'm blocked from that power that I need. So something's wrong in my thinking there. But that illness of the mind and then uh, illness of the body, which is an allergy. So alcoholics have an allergic reaction to alcohol. It's an abnormal reaction to alcohol. Um, if Obviously, if you want to learn more about alcoholism, go you know listen to AA tapes. I highly encourage Joe and Charlie's complete series on the big book. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Really, really helpful. Not the only thing that's helpful, of course, but very, very helpful. So one thing that the physician, Dr. Silkworth, said to Bill, you become absolutely physically allergic to alcohol. It seems to me as though anytime you put any alcohol into your system, it develops a physical craving that makes it virtually impossible for you to stop drinking after once you've started. And that's why alcoholics have to get abstinent. They cannot drink um, alcohol. They can't have it because it produces that allergy. It produces that allergy, and then that will produce the obsession of the mind, et cetera, et cetera. And other 12-step programs, if you think about work addiction, sex addiction, food addiction, um, codependency, for example, it's, you know, some of those things are natural kind of things. Like work is good, but it can be abused. You could have work aversion. You could have work uh, overworking. Uh, Sex is good, but it can be abused. You can be compulsively driven by lust. Um, you can abuse sex to numb out like any drug. You could use food the same way. If you feel like you have an addiction or multiple addictions, kind of think about and reflect on prayerfully. Invite your higher power into it. What's your worst one? And start with that program. If you don't have an addiction, the beauty of the 12 steps is it can help people who don't have an addiction. What's really important to understand is after the first step where it talks about what an addiction, you know, I'm powerless over this particular addiction, you know, we can apply it to, if it's not a formal addiction, it can be to problems or causes, conditions, challenges, dilemmas, situations that seem like they have no way out, circumstances. It can be a variety of things we can work the steps on which is the beauty of the steps. But after the first step in the 12-step program, you no longer talk about the addictive substance. We move on. Step one talks about it. I'm powerless over this. But then we move on and go deeper to those causes and conditions I was talking about. Because the problem looks nothing like the solution, and living in the solution looks nothing like the problem. All the other steps talk about a spiritual solution and what's going on underneath. Matter of fact, there's a line in the big book that says, and we'll get this, we'll get to this in more detail when we go through each of the steps, but it says we got to get down to causes and conditions. The addiction is just a symptom of deeper problems underneath. And we have to get to those deeper problems underneath or else we'll always go to an addiction or we'll always go to false higher powers uh, or idols or 
any other malady to numb that pain. There's a problem with pain, right? Underneath is pain. So regardless whether we consider ourselves a formal addict or not, we can still benefit from the tools and still benefit from this powerful way of life, which produces a surrender, which is a design for living that's healthy, powerful, and good. But just knowing the problem didn't solve it for Bill, because shortly after that, you know, he drank again. It's only after Ebby came to see him and gave him the solution to that problem and gave him a program of action that Bill was able to recover. So Dr. Silkworth helped give Bill the problem, right? The threefold illness, but also refreshing to tell him it had nothing to do with willpower or moral character or sin. But he didn't he didn't know how to, what to do, right? Like sometimes you can even hear in meetings or certain books, certain things, like it will talk a lot about the problem, which is great. You need to know, we need to know the problem, but we equally need to know the solution. And that's almost equally as important or more important if you think about it. Both are necessary. So Bill had to know the problem. He had to know the solution and he had to know a program of action to follow and actually take that actions, those actions to get healthy. He couldn't think about it, couldn't philosophize about it, couldn't just talk about it. Um, it's a program of action. Willingness without action is fantasy. And that's so true for me and many others who kind of live this way of life. I hope you enjoy our series on the 12 steps. We plan to go through each step and have one episode on each step. And each step's going to build upon each other. So it'll be step one. The next episode will be step two, but we're going to talk about one and two. The next episode after that will be step three, but it'll be one, two, three. Then it'll be step four, but it'll be one, two, three, four. They all build uh, on top of each other. And step one is the firm foundation that crushes the ego, that crushes the false self, that gives us the opportunity to create a void that our defense mechanisms and ego were, was blocking, right? There's no room to come in um, when the ego is, is dominant and in total control. <laughs> so crushing that deflation allows um, the opportunity of a new power to come in to do for us what we can't do for ourselves and to experience that on its own timing. You know, it's different for everyone. More will be revealed and we'll also be given more resources. And we're also going to touch on, as we keep going, the slogans. We're going to touch on, you know, some tools. We're going to touch on the promises. We're going to break down the promises. I think it's important for me to break down the promises or have a discussion on that because it's work to do this stuff and no one wants to work without pay. And I, I don't know about you, but when I invest, if I could do it perfectly, there's no risk, no reward, but I like to get dividends. I like to get a return on my investment and I want to help share my experience and what I've heard from countless others being involved in 12 step spirituality for over 12 years and also being involved in spirituality very deeply for over 25 years um, talking about what works, what pays dividends, and sharing my experience. And as always, a great line that I got from Alan on, and it's a slogan, take what you want, leave the rest, experiment, taste and see for yourself. Thank you for listening to Serenity is Addictive. Addictive.
Until the next time we meet, keep trudging your road to have to have destiny. destiny. Peace.